Welcome to the Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight Podcast, brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Trucking Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Trucking, Avery Weiss. As Avery presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading the PDF or PowerPoint of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF and PowerPoint is available now at www.ftrintel.com podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads for the Trucking Market Update, as well as the weekly rail market update with Todd Tronowski and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com podcast. Welcome to FTR's weekly trucking market update. I'm Avery Vice, Vice President of Trucking. This is episode 203 for the week of March 3rd, 2023. Before we start, a reminder you can download a PDF with graphics related to this discussion at www.ftrintel.com podcast. So we're light on economic indicators this week. Normally, the first Friday of the month brings the jobs report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, but that's not happening until this Friday due to the short month in February, not allowing enough time for data collection and analysis. But uh, let's get started with what we do have with a look at what's going on with the for hire trucking firm population. The surge in net revocations of for hire trucking authority that occurred in January Looks like it might be the peak in the current cycle. Net revocations, that's revocations minus reinstatements of authority, fell to uh, just under 7,400 in February from 9,350 in January, according to FDR's analysis of Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration data. Uh, The February figure uh, is the lowest since uh, September, but it is otherwise the highest number ever, aside from the spike that we had back in May of last year. Now, the process of revoking carrier authority takes at least 30 days by how the regulations work, Uh, but it's probably in practice more like a couple of months or maybe even more. So the surge we had in uh, January likely reflected small carriers that chose to exit the market rather than a go through some of the required annual renewals that often recur uh, in January. So that might therefore have been uh, skewed a bit. Um, As we've noted previously, payroll employment in trucking so far has continued to rise, so there's no concrete evidence that driver capacity has declined significantly yet, although we do believe it has begun to do so. February's payroll employment figures, as I mentioned earlier, will be released this Friday. Um, Going back to January, though, um, when we discussed those net revocations last month, I had speculated, and of course I uh, mentioned it here uh, just a moment ago, that uh, it might have been a function of carriers shutting down rather than going through annual renewals. Now, that might have been a factor, but in looking at the data more closely, it appears uh, significant that there were five days during the month that saw a much higher number of revocations than most other days did. Now, that alone is not unusual. Um, we see that revocations do tend to be bunched uh, in just a handful of days, uh, with other days uh, being much lower than those days. However, 
December it had just four days. Uh, again, January had five. Uh, and February had uh, just three days of, of that activity. Uh, more important and more to the point, two of January's biggest days were at the very beginning of the month, January 3rd, uh, which was the first business day of the month, and the very end of the month, or almost the very end of the month, uh, being January 30th. So it is possible that uh, there was some you know, holdover activity or, or bleed-through activity uh, from December into January or pulled forward from February into to January, and that what we saw in January largely might have been uh, a quirk of the calendar. Um, the, the graphic you'll see uh, that you uh, see in the package shows a um, you know a rather notable spike. However, the actual raw numbers are, are not that large. So you know having one extra day of that kind of activity certainly could account for that. Okay, I didn't want to end the discussion on the carrier population without addressing the other side of the ledger, and that is the number of newly authorized carriers. The number of new carriers actually increased uh, month over month in February for the first time since September, uh, but the gain was small. FMCSA approved uh, 6,267 for higher trucking firms. That was up from just under 5,900 in January. With a sharp reduction in the number of net revocations and a slight increase in the number of new carriers, the net change in the carrier population uh, was sharply uh, smaller in February at a decrease of just over 1,100 carriers. The January, the January net decline was 3464, 64, um, which was the largest for a month on record. Net revocations have exceeded new carriers for five straight months. Um, that is actually something that had not happened since the Great Recession, although there have been uh, several uh, instances over the past uh, 12 years or so where we've seen four straight months of carriers, um, more carriers going out of business than those coming in. Okay, uh, let's move on. We'll talk about diesel prices. They did fall in the latest week, but not by very much. So the national average price of diesel dipped 1.2 cents during the week ended March 6th to $4.28.2 a gallon. That brings the total decrease over the past five weeks to exactly $0.34 cents a gallon. Prices were down on average in all regions, except for the Gulf Coast. Uh, prices were flat there. And for the Midwest, where prices were up just by about a penny. Now, as we boldly predicted last week, the year-over-year -year comparison in the latest week swung to nearly 57 cents uh, down from 19 cents higher in the prior, uh, prior week. Diesel had not been lower year over year, by the way, since the week ended February 15th of 2021, i.e. more than two years ago. Uh, that comparison will be even lower uh, in the current week. During the same week last year, the price of diesel jumped another 40 cents after surging nearly 75 cents during the previous week. Okay, let's move on. We'll talk about the spot market for truck freight during the week ended um, March um, 3rd, which is week 9 of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the year. 
After a lackluster couple of months, spot rates in the truck stop system saw their strongest week-over-week increase of 2023 so far during the week. Although a late-season winter storm might have played a role in that, all regions saw substantial gains in um, uh, in volume. The um, rate increases in dry van and refrigerated were not especially robust in absolute terms, but each saw its largest increase in first back-to-back increase of the year. Total volume rose by the most since the first week of uh, 2023. Let's look a little closer, starting with rates. Although no individual segment saw a gain of that magnitude, the total broker-posted spot rate rose nearly six cents. So how do we get a total market rate that is actually stronger than the rate uh, growth uh, in any individual segment? Well, that's because, um, as we will talk a little bit more in detail in a minute, uh, there was a surge in flatbed volume that was far greater than the increases that we saw in the van segments, and flatbed rates are higher than van segment rates. So the mix is what determined uh, the total market rate, and that's and that's how you end up with that phenomenon. Uh, in any event, total rates were 17% below the same 2022 week, but about 5% above the five-year average. FTR estimates that rates, excluding a calculated fuel surcharge, were nearly 22% below the same week last year. Okay, let's look at rates by segment. Dry van spot rates increased uh, just over $0.04 cents following a gain of nearly $0.03 cents in the prior week. Rates were almost 27% below the same week last year, more than 6% below the five-year average. Refrigerated spot rates were up nearly $0.04 cents after taking up nearly a penny in the prior week. Rates were more than 25% below the same 2022 week and nearly 5% below the five-year average. And flatbed rates increased just over $0.04 cents after rising two cents in the prior week, those rates are about 14% below the same week last year, but they are still nearly 10% above the five-year average for the week. Okay, let's look at volume. Total spot activity uh, jumped nearly 17% due mostly to flatbed, although gains in refrigerated and dry van were solid. Volume was more than 55% below the same week last year and about 26% below the five-year average which had been the gap two weeks earlier. Loads were up in all regions, led by the West Coast and South Central. Let's wrap up the spot market discussion, looking at volume by segment. Dry van loads decreased nearly 6%. Volume was almost 56% below the same week last year and more than 31% below the five-year average. Loads were down modestly in the Southeast, but up in all other regions and the West Coast saw the largest gain by far. Refrigerated loads rose more than 9%, the largest gain in five weeks. Volume was nearly 56% below the same week last year and nearly 32% below the five-year average. Load activity was down marginally uh, in the Midwest, but in all other regions, it was up. Uh, The gain, however, in the Northeast was slight. And flatbed loads surged more than 27%, but the largest increase since the first week of the year. Uh, And that week, of course, always sees a big jump due to the end of the holiday season. 
Volume was nearly 59% below the same week last year and nearly 27% below the five-year average for the week. Load activity, as you would imagine, with a 27% increase was up sharply in all regions. Let's wrap up the weekly data with a quick look at mortgage rates, which did rise significantly for the third straight week. They've risen more than half a point in the past three weeks after mostly steady declines since the middle of uh, November. Average rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rose to 6.65%. That's the highest since the week ended November 10th. Freddie Mac attributed the recent rebound to stronger economic indicators and the resulting expectation for continued Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. Higher mortgage rates come at a time uh, when sales of existing homes were showing signs of bottoming out. Higher financing costs could undermine a recovery, though some buyers might actually be motivated to expedite home buying in order to avoid potentially higher uh, mortgage rates than the ones that we have now. Okay, so there are only a couple of monthly new indicators this week, although I am going to circle back and uh, revisit one of the ones we talked about last week. First, we have the Institute for Supply Management's Closely Watched Manufacturing Index uh, that improved in, in February by uh, three-tenths of a point to 47.7. Uh, that is still in contraction territory. Uh, the index has been below the 50 threshold between expansion and contraction since November. But the improvement uh, is actually the first in several months. The new orders Component of the index rose 4.5 points to 47.0. Production eased slightly to 47.3. And just to confirm, both of those do indicate contraction, but new orders at least um, are contracting more slowly, which is a positive. The other uh, set of new indicators concerns inventories in the retail sector. Total retail inventories increased three-tenths of a percent seasonally adjusted, on a current dollar basis in January, according to advanced figures from the Census Bureau. As has generally been the case for months, the automotive sector led the gains. Inventories of motor vehicles and parts rose six-tenths of a percent. And if we exclude automotive, retail inventories ticked up just two-tenths of a percent. The month-over-month increase in inventories, excluding motor vehicles and parts, was the first since August. But inventories relative to sales were still leaner in January than in December due to the sharp increase in retail uh, sales that occurred in January, at least according to the preliminary figures that were released last month and we talked about in the podcast a few weeks ago. Initial estimates showed retail trade trade sales 2.3% higher month over month in January. On a current dollar basis, total retail inventories in January were 14% above February of 2020. Inventories excluding automotive were just over 28% higher. Uh, We don't have uh, real dollar data through February, but if we look back to the fourth quarter, we see that things are a lot leaner in in real terms. Uh, Total inventories were just 3% above uh, the fourth quarter of 2019. Um, But... Inventories excluding automotive were still 18% higher. Assuming the um, 
initial figures for January hold, the total retail inventories to sales ratio declined from uh, or de declined to 1.24 from 1.26 uh, in December, and the ratio excluding motor vehicles and parts fell to 1.15 from 1.17. Finally, this week I want to revisit one of the topics we discussed last week, which is new orders for core capital goods. As I noted last week, new orders um, for those goods, and those are non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft, increased eight-tenths of a percent in January, which is the largest month-over-month -month gain since August. As I pointed out uh, then and have repeatedly over the past year, the data that we get is in current dollars and does not reflect the price inflation we've seen. Now, we've basically left that at that for... Um, for, well, for a year or more, and just reported the data and gone on. But last week, I decided it was time to get a list a little bit closer to what the reality was. So um, what we did is we, <clears throat> since there's no official reporting of that, we took a, uh, we did a rough calculation of what real new orders for core capital goods might be. So what we did is we took the producer price index for final demand, uh, or um, specifically in the arena of private capital equipment. Um, and we more or less arbitrarily started with 2015. Um, and um, so we basically adjusted nominal new order data starting in February of 2015 uh, by the private capital equipment producer price index. Um, now, I go a little bit into the methodology because uh, these are not real dollars in any official sense um, and because we're, we're just arbitrarily choosing a particular date uh, and adjusting from there. Um, you know, the government will tend to, to peg it to a specific date. Uh, real spending, for example, right now is pegged uh, to uh, what the dollar was worth in 2012. Um, but um, the real purpose of this exercise was actually just to convey uh, just directionally what was happening with, uh, you know, real orders or, you know, unit level orders, which of course is more important uh, when we're focusing on freight transportation than, than it is perhaps when we're just talking about uh, the economy in general, although it certainly matters quite a bit there as well. Um, all of that prefix or, or a preamble is to say that uh, uh, our purpose is really just to look at where real-ish orders are relative pre-pandemic levels, not to provide, you know, any kind of uh, definitive accounting of, of what that dollar total is. Okay, so as discussed last week, in current dollars, new orders for core capital goods in January were about 23% ahead of the pre-pandemic month of February 2020. However, based on these unofficial figures, real new orders would have been up um, about 5%. Nominal core capital goods orders have been consistently positive year over year since uh, December of 2020, uh, although that comparison has fallen to just 4.3%. Uh, our you know, rough calculation, however, of core capital goods orders uh, those have been negative year over year in nine of the past 10 months, and they were down 3.4% year over year in January. 
So the real point is, is that uh, real new orders are still not bad in the scheme of things, uh, but producer level inflation has seriously distorted the current dollar figures. In case you're curious what that looks like, a chart showing our calculation of real-ish new orders appears in the slide deck accompanying this podcast. Okay, let's wrap up the week's podcast by uh, revisiting some key takeaways for the week. The number of net revocations of trucking authority in February pulled back from January's record. Diesel prices eased by just over a penny. Spot rates in dry van and refrigerated saw their largest increase of the year. Mortgage rates continued to rise in the latest week. The ISM manufacturing index improved, but remains in contraction territory. Real inventories of, uh, I'm sorry, just retail inventories moved higher in January, but not by as much as sales. And producer level inflation is considerably distorting data on demand in the manufacturing sector. Next week, we will dig into the labor market, including the employment situation report and data on job openings. Plus, we'll review diesel prices and spot rates in volume as usual. That's it for FDR's Trucking Market Update. Episode 203 for the week of March 3rd, 2023. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we hope you will join us. for this week's Trucking Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF and PowerPoint of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.